Can Tai Chi make my karate better? In this episode, I'm going to share with you different ways that you could use Tai Chi to unearth opportunities in your martial training. Hey, what's up? This is Sifu Cuddle, and you're listening to Kung Fu Podcasts. Now kick back and relax as your host, T.W. Smith, takes you on another insightful journey into the world of martial arts. The distance between truth and reality is often as far as the ocean spans. To close that distance in martial arts, join me, T.W. Smith, at Kung Fu Podcast regularly for insights and research that you can apply to your training. If this is your first time on the program, welcome. You're the audience of some of the finest and sharpest martial arts in the world. People have put in a great deal of sweat and a great deal of effort into honing their craft. I'd like to say thank you to each and every one of you that support this program. Whether that is sharing it on your social platform, whether you're leaving a review on the application that you listen to this program on, or if you've joined me over at Patreon.com and that you get access to all the videos in the library of episodes, I think it's well over 300 by now. No matter how you decide to support this program, I greatly appreciate it. This episode was stimulated by a simple question where the title came from. The young man wrote, This is my first thread here, and I know absolutely nothing about Tai Chi. So my apologies if I sound highly uneducated. I'm a practitioner of Shotokan Karate who has been interested in Chinese martial arts for a very long time. The circular nature of Chinese styles in contrast to Shotokan's very brutal, penetrative motions intrigue me so that it gets me to the point where I want to cross-train Tai Chi with Shotokan. With that being said, I have a few questions about Tai Chi. Is it a good idea to cross-train Tai Chi with the hard art such as Shotokan? With many martial arts, they say that you cannot learn them from a book or a video, with most people insisting that you have to learn in person from an actual instructor. Is this also the case with Tai Chi? Is it possible to learn Tai Chi from an online class or video and still get the same benefits? We're going to address those questions as we go through the program. And the first thing I want to do is remove the concepts of hard and soft, and rather Let's break it down from a biomechanical and kinesthetic form of human movement. In previous episodes, we have discussed the differences between movements and actions, as differentiated by intention. However, learning how to break down and assess motor learning is critical for this process. Tai Chi works a very particular area of the motor learning theory. Generally, in that theory, there are six dimensions to classify skills environments, muscles, skill targets, movements, simplicity, and pacing. Each is a dimension. It is not an either-or. It is how each of these factors are involved in a particular skill. These can be very important when you're trying to start to consider how you train and then how are you going to apply that training. Closed environments are a skill that are performed in a stable mostly predictable environment setting. These movement patterns for closed skills can be planned in advance. Examples of closed skills are trampolining, a golf swing, performing a handstand, 
diving from a platform or a board? Or how about doing your forms in the training hall? That would be a closed environment skill. Compare that to an open environment skill because in those situations, the environment is much less stable. It's actually to the point where the starting point is usually determined by the environment. In the pure sense, the practitioner of the skill is not the one who chooses when the skill and movement actions need to be performed and executed. Open environments require dynamic adjustments to changing conditions. Uh, Some good examples would be debating, jazz piano, live sparring. Those are all examples of an open skill. In our particular training system, the big step in understanding from closed skills to open skills happens in one particular practice called the three leopards practice. And my first time doing the three leopards tore me up. I've had sub students who practice for like one or two minutes and then they just end up sitting down over there against the side of the wall. This transition from going from closed to open skills is essential to making your martial training become more practical. In Kung Fu Podcast number 210, The Tool of Violence, it was all about the open environment, wide open and super fast. That is why we can't constantly train in a closed environment and actually believe that we're going to magically cross into the threshold of open skills. A blend of open and closed skills, for example, would happen with a stand-up comic. They plan their joke sequence, but once they get out on the stage, they got to handle the theater conditions and hecklers. You could do something similar by taking the uh, same cotter or same form such a practice and put them on the side of a hill of wet grass. Things going to change quickly. Creating a well-planned set is a closed skill, but improvisations is an open skill. Let's take a moment and talk about Target skills, and those are the ones where you have tasks that are needed to accomplish a goal, like keeping a tennis ball in play. The target behaviors support the skills, such as watching the ball so that you can keep it in play. How does that resonate with you in a martial setting or competitive setting like grappling? A good martial program would set a tone for you by giving you good goals, develop skills, and teach you the behaviors necessary to achieve those goals. If you notice, in most martial settings, they are started in closed environments, training halls, matted floors, bags, and dummies so that you can work on them. But they must be transitioned to something more open, focus mitts, semi-engaged skills, and then eventually into an open environment, both of you having the same goal, to find victory. And this last section that we're going to talk about in this episode in the Motor Learning Theorem is about motion. Movements can be discrete, which is by definition where they have a clear beginning and a clear end, like driving a nail, hitting a baseball, or breaking a board. Continuous movements have no real clear beginning or real clear end. They are cyclic, elliptical, round in motion, hard to determine where they began, and where they might end. Serial movements are a series of distinct movements that look continuous, serving a tennis ball that is actually three distinct movements, tossing the ball up, attacking the ball with your racket swing, and then following through for accurate results. Then lastly, mixed movements, which are a blend of discrete and continuous together. 
So CPR is a blend by giving chest compressions, that's a discrete, clear beginning, clear end. Then mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, that's continuous. At skillacquisition.com, they say that serial skills are the most difficult to learn due to the need to coordinate separate skills into an effective pattern. What you're going to find is that most Chinese martial arts are serial and continuous movements. Tai Chi, in particular, is a serial motion of actions. There is also some excellent research, such as the one titled Kinematic and Electromyographic Analysis of Tai Chi, where pretty much they wire you up very thoroughly and they monitor everything that happens. So much so, they wrote in their results, both concentric and eccentric contractions occurred in muscles of the lower limbs with the eccentric contraction occurring mainly in the anti-gravity muscles such as the rectus femoris and the medial head of the gastrocnemius. The forward and backward shifts in the center of gravity were mainly accomplished by increasing and decreasing respectively the joint angles of the bilateral lower limbs rather than by adopting a forward or backward postural lean. And another good research reference is titled simply Physical Rehabilitation. That book is often referred to as the Physical Rehabilitation Bible. It was written by Susan O'Sullivan and Thomas Schmitz, and it is listed as weighing nearly 7 pounds and has a rank of 4.7 at Amazon after 15 years of publications. It also has Tai Chi listed as one of the most prominent serial movements that you could practice. If you're still with me and this starts to make sense, make sure you take a moment and hit that subscribe button. Now let's talk about the string of pearls. Tai Chi is intended to be practiced as a string of pearls. Each pearl is separately worked, polished, then strained, and when properly executed, it is difficult to distinguish where one pearl may end and the next one begins. This is the real essence of learning a serial motor skill. As compared to the stop-and-go nature of many martial arts, particularly in the beginner ranks. You're also going to find that the required continuity of focus in Tai Chi also improves attention in younger adults. A very good research study wrote, Tai Chi reduces inattention in young healthy adults. That was from the journal titled Frontiers for Human Neuroscience. In that particular article, they wrote, We examined the effects of Tai Chi training on selected attentional and cognitive processes in young, healthy adults and found a reduction in inattention that was supported by neurocognitive measures. Now let's compare that to the writing of Wang Zongyu in 1881. In his Tai Chi classics, he says, Step as if near a cliff edge. Move energy as if drawing silk. Store power like drawing a bow, and issue power like shooting the arrow. Move energy as though through a winding path pearl, penetrating even the smallest nook. Wield power like tempered steel, so strong there is nothing tough enough to stand up against it. The shape is like a falcon capturing a rabbit. The spirit is like a cat pouncing on a mouse.
this process making sense? We're going to tidy it all up here into the next few moments. So if not, give me just another couple of minutes. My experiences would be, if I was working with this young karateka, is to tell him, you only need a few of the movements of the Tai Chi. You don't have to learn all these big, long forms. Just learn a few of the movements. And more importantly, make sure that you learn and exercise the theories of Tai Chi. And that's important because every Chinese martial art that I know of has a theory that's behind it that you're supposed to express. It's not all just the same. Everything has some things that they're trying to get you to learn or they they use in their particular context for you to try to embody. Wang Zhangyu wrote, Although your body moves, your mind should be still. Energy must gather and the spirit should be at ease. Your mind makes the command and the energy is the signal flag. He's talking about right there what we call the chain of command. Your spirit is the general and your body is the army. If you pay attention at every moment, there is always an advantage to be had. First it will be in your mind, and then it will be in your body. Once it's in your body, you will not be aware of the movements of your hand and feet. It is said, an interrupted flow from beginning to end. Let go of your plans and just respond to the opponent. Draw him into the land of nothing, and then with four ounces of force, Move his of a thousand pounds. You must keep in mind that if one part moves, every part must move. And if one part is still, every part is still. Then he continues and he writes, If sticking to the opponent, you can follow him alertly. Then you will find the ability to unbalance him. In this back and forth, there must be distinguishing between passive and active in the advance and retreat of the feet. There must be both variation and coherence. If an opportunity comes from yourself, go ahead and shoot. But when the force comes from your opponent, borrow it. When you do issue the power, there must be coordination between the above and the below, and then directed at an undefended area. Your posture must be straight and not leaning in any direction, so as to be able to brace in all directions. So we're going to be looking how to integrate our mind and body and make those things fully connected and adhered. Now, I'm going to tell you, when I first began, it was ugly. My Sifu would just look at me and he would go, mm, it'll get better. And, and it was. It was, it was really hard. Well, one of the things that helped me in trying to learn to smooth things out a little bit was to get into a pool of water about shoulder deep. And I would practice particular movements so I could learn how to move smoothly and not look like I was actually thrashing the water or forcing myself through it. If I could learn to move smoothly, it took a lot. The other thing that really helped me was to walk each and every single movement as if it was the only technique that I knew. I would give this young karateka five techniques to learn. The slanted fly, the brush knee. The black dragon stirs the sea, repulse the monkey, and work the shuttles. Those five techniques, if you will work them till you have polished them as pearls, you will unearth many opportunities. Don't force anything. Try to embrace it. And if you have difficulty finding a Tai Chi instructor, look for a ballet instructor, which is almost another pure serial 
motor skill. That's part of the reason why you find so so many uh, NFL, professional baseball, uh, basketball players, a lot of different professional athletes and high-level athletes in the MMA look for Tai Chi or ballet as a way of helping find continuity in their training. But when you go, go prepare for one of the most difficult workouts of your life. My Tai Chi practice, along with my students, usually finishes in a puddle of sweat. In 2017, David Branch, an MMA middleweight and lightweight heavyweight champion of the world, talks about how he swears by ballet classes. He says, The first day I went, it was harder than any workout I've ever done. I feel it in my balance. I feel it in my overall physical strength. I feel it everywhere. Just in my posture, and I feel like when I get into a scramble or in a fight or anything that involves an entanglement or striking, I feel strong, and it's a natural strength, you know, by every muscle and tendon being controlled by my mind. So let's address the initial questions. Is it a good idea to cross-train Tai Chi with the hard art, such as Shotokan? If you remember to look at the martial training under the motor theorem, uh, particular parts of it, then I think you really can get benefits from it. But I would also remind you that as a practitioner of martial arts, you are not trying to perfect karate. The karate and the Tai Chi is literally nearly perfect in their theories. You are trying to unlock yourself with it, much like a blade sharpens against the stone. You are the blade. You're going to use Tai Chi as a way to unlock the other doors and to make yourself a better karateka in this particular example. In regards to the second question about learning from a book or a video, you can certainly learn movement from a book or a video, but you can't really learn the depth of the actions. You must have interactions and live instructions for that to occur. In the course of Tai Chi work, to get where you want to be, you will need Tui Shao, the martial versions of push hands, not the fairy tale version of push hands. And you're going to need Python wrapping skills. But those take a partner. That is where pearl polishing happens. Practicing by yourself in a predictable closed environment and closed skill is not going to get you exactly what you're looking for. You're going to have to go well beyond that. If you do seek out a Tai Chi instructor and you begin to use it, please share with us your experience. Tai Chi is a staple for my students. Some will advance much further into the martial versions of Tai Chi Chuan, and others will take those same skills and apply it to their combative Choli foot or Tibetan Lama Pai. Did you find this information useful? If you did, take a moment and like this particular episode on your social platform or leave a review on your application. We're going to be looking at the components of this podcast in a future series, both in the audio and in a video series, such as the chain of command, the five techniques that I mentioned, and as well as beginning to more advanced push hands. If you didn't like the episode, I appreciate you getting this far. Send me an email and share with me what you didn't like about it. And make sure to shoot straight. Don't sugarcoat it.
If you regularly enjoy the program and like to have access to over 300 episodes in the library and the videos, you can support me at patreon.com forward slash twsmith. I hope that you have a great practice today, and I look forward to talking with you again real soon.